Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, February the 6th, 2023. And I hope today's update finds you safe and warm. This past weekend, we saw temperatures locally that were very dangerous. The winds were also over 100 kilometers an hour in many locations. The Confederation Bridge was closed on Saturday and some people even lost power in Amherst for a few hours. Globally, we see the Chinese airship balloon over Montana heightened concerns over relations with China. There was an earthquake caused severe damage, devastating damage in Turkey and Syria. And here in Canada, Parliament resumed last week. We saw a big walk back on the rifle ban legislation by the federal Liberals. This is good news for most of Cumberland County who rely on having rifles for hunting and protecting animals on their farm properties. I had heard from many people over the last few months about the proposed rifle bans. And although it is a federal piece of legislation, I did encourage people to reach out to our federal member, Dr. Stephen Ellis. And I know that he uh, had worked on this quite, quite hard. So very happy to hear this news. Tomorrow is the meeting between Prime Minister Trudeau and the premiers from across the country. There are huge expectations for this meeting to bring results to improve the healthcare system nationally. And we certainly know the healthcare needs here in Cumberland County. Next to the broken healthcare system here in Nova Scotia, all the talk is about the increase in Nova Scotia power electricity rates. Last week on February the 2nd, the Utility and Review Board approved most of the general rate application settlement agreement. And this approved power rates by 14% increase over the next two years. The government, our government, has said they are disappointed with the UARB uh, decision, but that they do not intend to take any further action to prevent this increase. And I know from many of you that have contacted me, uh, whether phone, email, or come into my office and saw me in person, that many people are already struggling to afford home heating bills on top of rent, groceries, and other necessities. Regulatory changes are needed to ensure affordable and reliable energy source for you and all people. I believe it's time for the government to take a serious look at the relationship that we have with Nova Scotia Power. There needs to be appropriate oversight and regulations in place to protect consumers and help those most vulnerable. And I know that the, the uh, Premier, our leader for the province, did speak to the decision over the weekend at a PCAGM and said that there wasn't really anything they could do. I, I disagree with that. The, the Utility and Review Board is actually based on a piece of legislation, provincial legislation, and one of our jobs as legislators, uh, MLAs, all 55 of us around the province, our job is to look at legislation and make sure that it works for the people that we represent in Nova Scotia. So it is absolutely within the power of our provincial government to make changes to ensure that people can afford their energy resources that are available. My office has helped many people recently, especially apply for the home heating rebate, uh, but there are still some families who fall outside of eligibility requirements. And I know that affordability is a very, very significant issue right now. We need to make sure that no one gets left behind 
in the midst of all these changes. And this spring in the legislature, I look forward to exploring what legislative changes can be made to protect Nova Scotians in light of these increases. And I welcome your input and your suggestions. Please contact me anytime if you have any ideas and suggestions. You can contact me by phone, by email, through Facebook Messenger, um, and any other forms of communication. I look forward to hearing from you. On a housing note, I was pleased to see an announcement last week or the week before made by the town of Amherst regarding working with contractors locally. A year ago, I had held a meeting between local developers, contractors, as well as our mayor of Amherst and mayor of Cumberland County and gave contractors an opportunity to speak directly to those municipal leaders to let them know what are the barriers to construction and development and why they were currently not pursuing more housing development in our area. I'm thankful to see that the town council did take some actions to help improve these issues and that they are going to be working directly with developers on removing some of these barriers. That's exactly what we need to see to make progress. My staff and I are continuing to plan for the spring session of the legislature. The premier has not recalled the legislature yet. Uh, we are awaiting that call. Healthcare, housing, affordability, changing the culture on how sexual assault is handled in our workplaces and in our justice system, roads, bridge work, and more are just some of the issues that my staff and I are continuing to work on daily. The heating assistant rebate, I want to make sure everyone knows about that. It will be available or it is available now. Uh, you can contact my office. My staff are very happy to help you. The assistant rebate helps low and moderate income Nova Scotians with the cost of home heating. The rebates are $1,000 now for each household and you can apply up until March 31st. The rebate is available online. If you Google Nova Scotia heating assistant rebate, uh, you likely will find it easily, but if you need any help, just give my office a call. There's another provincial program that has seen some changes based on the legislation from the fall, but there, there are programs where you can get free heat pumps for income qualified homes. It's a program called Housewarming, and you can go online, just visit homewarming.ca to see the income criteria to apply. Also, if you've previously enrolled in the homewarming program and heat your home with oil, Regardless of if you've had received upgrades or not, you are eligible to reapply to the home warming program to be considered for heat pump and any electrical panel upgrades that you need to install them. You can speak confidentially with a service advisor about your eligibility by calling home warming at 1-877-434-2136. With the cold temperatures on the weekend, I did stop in to see the folks at the Winter Emergency Temporary Shelter, which is located on Church Street in Amherst. The province did extend funding to keep all shelters in the province open during the day on Saturday. As you likely know, the, the shelter, the temporary emergency shelter is open every day from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, in the town of Amherst on Church Street. It's located right beside the Amherst Stadium, the Crossroads uh, Pentecostal Church building. So that is where the shelter is if you know of anyone that needs a warm place to go between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. But with the cold temperatures, extreme cold temperatures on the weekend, the province did provide funding for all shelters to stay open during the day as well on Saturday. And when I stopped in, the staff mentioned that someone had just dropped off two freshly baked banana breads. 
and also while I was there someone brought in fresh coffee so I just want to mention this because we have such an incredible community uh, you know big things matter but I'm telling you little things matter too and for people that are hungry and when it's cold outside to receive a couple of loaves of freshly baked banana bread that are still warm and some fresh coffee you know really helps to brighten and encourage people so thank you thank you to everyone uh, who's helping and working at the shelter right now as well there is an information session this thursday february the 9th from 10:30 a.m to 12 noon here in amherst for nonprofits and community groups that are looking for funding from the provincial government so if you belong to any local community group that's looking for funding, please consider joining us for this meeting. Whether you're, you're planning a festival or a community program to strengthen and build our community stronger, I would like you to join me this Thursday, again, February the 9th from 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon in person at the Business Innovation Center that's located at 5 Ratchford Street. That's the same building that my office is located in. You're also welcome to join us virtually as well. Uh, we can send you a Zoom link. Just give my office a call. Just give Dan a call at 902-661-2288. My office gets requests for funding every year and it's very challenging and frustrating when grant applications have already closed. So my goal as your MLA is to make sure that everyone is more aware of all of the opportunities that currently do exist and get more money flowing in our area. So there's a ton of opportunities through the Department of Community, Cultures, Tourism and Heritage. And I want to make sure that every community group, every organization, every nonprofit is aware of absolutely every opportunity that is out there. I want to get more money flowing in Cumberland County. And this is one of the ways that we can do that. So if you're looking for more information, give my office a call at 902 661-2288. I want to do a shout out to all of the members of the Lions Club. On Saturday I went to a breakfast at the Lions Den in Amherst. It was a fundraiser for the Cumberland County 4-H and the Lions members as well as all the young 4-Hers volunteered to host a community breakfast. They raised $4,000 in one morning. It's amazing. So I just want to make special mention of this today and thank the Lions Club, thank all of the members of the Lions Club for their continued service to our communities and especially to our youth. Lions members truly are doing great work in our community and I am still forever grateful to them for providing us with the Lions Den for an emergency shelter back in the fall when Hurricane Fiona came. It was a big help, and I'm quite sure it may have even saved some people's lives. So thank you to all of the members of the Lions Club. I want to let everyone know about a founding meeting of the Cumberland Acadian Society, which is going to be held uh, this Wednesday, which is, sorry, next week, on February the 15th. I also want to say thank you to Morris Hogg, Leon Landry, and Michelle Maltby-Leblanc for organizing this meeting. It's been a long time coming. And my grandfather, Leon Melanson, was an Acadian, and our ancestry goes back to Charles Melanson in the 1600s in Port Royal. So I look forward to supporting this society, the Cumberland Acadian Society, and building the opportunities in the future to capitalize on our history and our very rich culture here. And a few words on health care. How can we work together to bring about the results that we need to improve quality care in our healthcare system. 
Well, I believe, and many others believe, that expecting excellence and accountability are two ways, and we are communicating consistently and respectively about this. We will continue to push for effective changes in our healthcare system. After Allie's death, Allison Holtoff from our Tidnish area, we presented a 16-point action plan to our government to improve healthcare. There is much more to do, but these 16 points of action are where we want to start. Number one in the 16-point action plan has been implemented by our government, and we're grateful for that. We believe that it will bring about some positive change. Number two is next on the docket. The main emergency room at Cumberland Regional was flooded in May of last year. Initially, you, the taxpayers, were told the renovation would take eight weeks. Those in management did decide to take the opportunity to make some design improvements within the existing space, and that was a good thing. I think all healthcare providers and the community would agree with that. Despite that, we know there is a plan in place to still do renovations and an expansion of the emergency department, and that is still expected to come in the next couple of years. So this redesign did take place and the expected date of completion for the emergency room was late summer. The, the date of completion continued to be delayed. So we were told it was going to be late summer, then late fall, it was November, then it was December. And around Christmas time, when I checked, the date for completion was January the 30th. And now most recently, after Allie's death, the date has been pushed farther again to February the 14th. So that is in eight days. And last week we started a daily countdown to February the 14th when the renovated main emergency room will be reopened. The expectation by all is that triage will be dramatically improved and will follow the Canadian triage guidelines and overall medical care will improve in this new space. You, the patients, and your families should expect nothing less than excellence in care, and we have to believe that that is attainable, and we have to be striving towards this. So please join me in sharing our countdown, our daily countdown, on social media, and I invite you to help hold our government to account to meet this timeline. Feel free to reach out to our Premier, as well as our Minister of Health, and you can find their email addresses online or on social media. I am continuing to work on several initiatives to improve healthcare, both locally here in Cumberland, province-wide, as well as in the Maritimes. Last week, our government announced a change that they had signed a contract with an IT company called Oracle for one patient, one record for use in acute care settings in our hospitals. Oracle is already in eight provinces in Canada and Nova Scotia will be number nine. We, we definitely... Uh, we're behind the eighth ball when it comes to technology and communication. And last week's announcement was definitely a good thing. Improving communication among clinicians and specialists and hospitals is a very positive thing. And it's been proven that that strong communication through technology does decrease med errors. It improves patient outcomes and potentially can decrease costs by having less duplication of diagnostic testing. So my opinion on this, though, is that we need to move up the timeline. The government made the announcement last week for one patient, one record, and that it is going to have it done in about two years, which is lines up with the next expected date of the provincial election. 
And we need to not be thinking about election dates. We need to be thinking about getting results for you, the taxpayers. And in that timeline, it was mainly for Halifax, for the larger hospitals, and our rural hospitals in Nova Scotia uh, so far are not included on that timeline. So we'll be, we'll be pushing for that. Working with our maritime neighbors and having one electronic medical record for the Maritimes makes sense to me and to clinicians, and that is one thing that I did share last week. Uh, I believe collaboration is a good thing and can definitely improve outcomes for patients and families. And many residents right now go between our provinces and go between our maritime provinces for specialist appointments. So we see that definitely living in a border community. Many of our family physicians refer to specialists at the Moncton City Hospital or the George Dumont. But we also see a lot of collaboration around the Maritimes through the IWK. In the past, I've had some experience with electronic medical records as our clinic, the Amherst Family Health Clinic and After Hours Clinic, was one of the very first clinics in the province of Nova Scotia to implement electronic medical records. It was back in 2006. I was so proud. Uh, Dr. Julio Bobadilla was definitely a, the medical lead. He was uh, very, very supportive. And really all of our physicians were, as well as our registered nurses in the clinic. But I was very proud that we were able to bring in electronic medical records. And it definitely provides an opportunity for physicians to improve care one of the things that I noticed with electronic medical records and when we do different reports and look at our data is that about 15% of our patients in primary, primary health care were New Brunswick patients. And I'm very well aware that many of our Nova Scotia patients seek primary health care across the border in New Brunswick. In fact, I'm one of them. My family physician is in Sackville. So I believe that we should have one electronic medical record platform for all of the Maritimes. And I read an article this morning uh, in the national paper that talked about having a national electronic medical record platform and so that all platforms, all softwares can speak to one another. Back when our clinic uh, implemented this in 2006, I joined a national program and it was for pan-Canadian pan electronic medical records. And I certainly learned a lot about the importance of softwares and technology being able to speak to one another. Uh, right now, if everyone is in silos, if, you know, if your family doctor has their own EMR system that cannot communicate effectively with the software that's at the hospital, then it really breaks the communication systems up and they're not as effective as they could be. So I will be advocating for improvements there. I mean, ultimately you, the patient, the taxpayer, should be able to book appointments online and should be able to access your medical records anytime you want or you need them. And that is what we should be striving for uh, as a government. So more to come on healthcare in, in the days and the weeks ahead. I would like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including, I want to mention on Saturday, last Saturday, February the 4th, Mr. Bill Mundell celebrated a birthday, and those of you that know Bill, he's gone through some health challenges. I visited him in the hospital on Saturday. We had a great visit, and I want to pass on to all of his family and friends that he is a fighter. He's got lots of fight left in him, and he is working towards healing and, and getting back home very soon. So happy belated birthday to Mr. Bill Mundell of Pugwash. On Sunday, yesterday, 
Brad Hoig and Steve Colburn both celebrated birthdays, and I suspect Steve was a very busy man over the weekend. I know many employees, including my brother-in-law, Matthew Gould, worked incredibly hard uh, through the night to fix all of the broken water mains that broke due to freezing pipes in the town of Amherst on the weekend. So I want to say a big shout out to all of the workers with the town of Amherst and all of the incredible hard work that they do. It often goes unnoticed because they're working behind the scenes. They're often working when we're sleeping in our beds. So thank you. Thank you to each and every employee of the town of Amherst and the hardworking crew that's working to keep our water flowing in our town. I will also extend birthday greetings today, February the 6th, to Helen Glenn and Mr. Chuck Linney, great photographer who helps out around town and many organizations as well. Uh, tomorrow, February the 7th, Tracy Howitt and Jimmy Jackson are celebrating birthdays. On Wednesday, February the 8th, Ruth Pond and Krista Angus. On Thursday, February the 9th, Gretchen Smith is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Gretchen, as well as Anne Wells. On Friday, February the 10th, Jennifer Wallace and Owen Fisher are celebrating. And on Saturday, February the 11th, Donna Hutchinson and Patty Ferdinand are celebrating birthdays. Happy birthday to all of you and to everyone else who is celebrating this week. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Doug uh, Douglas McManaman. And he was well known for the incredible balancing acts that he performed and he will certainly be missed so thinking of his family i also want to mention the loss of brian deegan his son uh, buck deegan owns the garage there in east amherst and i know that he is certainly going to be missed as well so my sympathies to the family of brian deegan it is my honor to serve you the residents of cumberland north i will continue to push for changes in the weeks and months ahead including improvements to local health care services, addressing access to affordable housing, and other measures to make life more affordable for you, as well as helping Cumberland area to realize our full economic potential. Please contact me anytime. My office phone number is 902-661-2288. My email address is elizabeth.smith-mccrossan at novascotia.ca. I have weekly podcasts of my weekly Cumberland North MLA updates, and that's available as well online at buzzsprout.com. My office is located at 5 Ratchford Street in Amherst. Please come in anytime. It's open 8.30 to 4.30 every day. My assistant, Dan, normally takes lunch between 11.45 and 12.45. I also have a legislative office that is located in Pugwash at the Village Hall at 124 Water Street in Pugwash, and I have an assistant working there every Wednesday and appointments can be made at any time by calling my office at 902-661-2288. Please take care of yourselves, take care of others and my mission as your MLA continues to be to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA and I work for you, the people, and I build together with you on a foundation that is solid, a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication honesty, being a servant leader and empowering all people, each and every person. Together, you and I build on the strength of our veterans that came before us and we stand firm with the four pillars that will build our community stronger. Excellence in healthcare, affordability, caring for our mother earth and entrepreneurship in the economy. We embrace our diversity, our differences, 
we strive for equity and inclusiveness, and we celebrate our history and arts and culture of all of our people. Thank you to CFTA 107.9 and Mr. Ron Bickle and James Han for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my update for Cumberland North. Have a great week. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.